Hi, everybody. My name is Caroline. I have been uh, a Jackie of all trades for a while. So I've been into real estate for about a little over a year. And now I work, I, I do a lot of stuff. What, who am I? Um, I do some stuff inside of a, a mentorship that we're a part of. I run uh, some Zooms every day with uh, role plays. Um, I kind of help people figure out where to get started and what they're stuck on and just where I've been in the business. But I do a lot of dispo of deals. So selling deals um, nationwide. I used to just sell them only in Phoenix and Florida, and now I do stuff all over. So currently moving a deal in Charleston. So if you're looking for an apartment, this podcast will already be out, but we have an apartment in Charleston. But um, yeah, so that's what I do. And I, I like to just kind of continue to learn. So that's a little bit about me. What about you, Manif? Who are you? So my name is Manif Saza. I am a person who has a background in the medical field because I thought I was going to be a doctor. That did not pan out. I do not want to be a doctor. I don't want that. It's a, it's a lifestyle thing. So I decided not to do that. Then I became an engineer. So I did cybersecurity engineering and it paid bills and it was fine, uh, but it wasn't fulfilling me. So I was like, hey, this there's something missing here. And I was using different avenues as an escape um, because I was ignoring the, the cry from my soul, which is go talk to people, go do things with people. And in 2019, I found real estate. I actually read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And Caroline, I see you nodding your head. What a great so, book. That's the first book I read about real estate back, oh gosh, the fall of the spring of 2019, I think. It's amazing. So if you haven't read that book, pick <clears throat> it up. It changed my life. I'm sure it changed your life too, Caroline. And exactly. And so then they were having, I got like, you know how, when you talk about something, you then get an ad for it. It's cause like these devices, I think they're always listening. Always to listening. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I got an ad for rich dad, poor dad's um, like seminar. So I went to the seminar and that was like my first introduction to real estate. Like they taught me, like they were like talking about lease options and selling on a wrap and fix and flips and what I like wholesaling. I didn't know that was possible. I didn't know you could do that with no money out of your pocket. So I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. This is so cool. I can be an investor. I can be a millionaire and I can meet a lot of cool people because in that event, there was a lot of cool people. So I joined that mentorship. It was good but it wasn't very practical, right? And I, I don't mean any disrespect. They, they taught me a lot of stuff. It was very expensive, but I didn't learn how to talk to sellers. I didn't learn how to- More so than mechanics. Yeah, it was like only mechanics. It was like it was like a college course on electrical engineering when I needed to know, to know how to screw in light bulbs and like flip the little switches. Like, I don't know how to do that stuff. Yeah, sure, I can write you a circuit diagram, but I don't know how to- actually do this stuff so that was a struggle because i did that for like a year and a half on and off with like varying amounts of consistency and i never made a deal and then i joined the, the same mentorship you're in caroline pace morby sub two mentorship and caroline you were actually one of the first people who helped me get my first deal not directly but indirectly because i was very timid i was very shy especially on phone calls and I would get up in the daily dial every day and I would write my notes and you would comment on my notes in the Facebook page and you'd go, you're awesome. You're great. You're doing good. And that would motivate me. I'd be like, okay, someone thinks I'm good. And so I'd get up the next day and I keep trying. And that consistency 
led me to actually have the confidence to go up to other students and say, hey, if you have sellers you need me to call, let me talk to them. I think I'm good. I have some confidence. And by doing that, I actually got my first deal. So you actually indirectly helped me get my first deal. So thank you. I never thanked you for that before. That's awesome. And you know what? You seriously do always have great notes. Like I, I think I'm a, I have a no filter kind of <laughs> as soon as I think that I say it, which is uh, sometimes a gift and sometimes a curse, but dude, the way that you would come into our, our meetings or our zooms and our role plays and, and uh, be authentic. I think that's the best way to get things done. And, you know, that's my favorite part of the zooms that we do run and the meetings that we have, because we're up front, you know, we always say no kitten mittens, but we're here to help you get better. So I think you've done a great job since joining in. And, um, I'm so, that's awesome, man. I'm really happy to hear that. So how Thank was, you. tell me about your first deal. Cause I think we're going to be talking about deals later. Tell me about your first deal. Where was it? How was it getting your first deal? And how much did you make on that first deal? Oh, awesome. Great, great story. Great question. So I squatted up with Brandon Duran. He is another member. He's another sub two student. And he was like, hey, man, I have VAs. I have my own stuff going on, but I actually got a free list from South Carolina. I spent like a hundred bucks. I, I SMS blast like 2000 people and I had 89 responses. Do you want to do the follow-ups with me? And I was like, sure. And I had no idea what I was getting into. Cause like these weren't vetted leads. They were like, I didn't even know how to comp. I'm like, let's just call these sellers. So we spent like two months, like going through this list, calling sellers and going down different rabbit holes, which was a good learning experience. But now I know like how to say no to things. Now I know I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to comp commercial. I'm not going to do land. I'm going to stick to my niche and stick to one thing at a time. But we learned a lot and we had a lot of fun doing that. And Brandon, actually, he found somebody who um, wanted a cash offer and he, he locked it up $12,000 um, under what a cash buyer would pay for it. So we were like looking at a $12,000 fee and we we're like, awesome, awesome, awesome. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And I was like, who uh, is going to get photos? Because neither of us are in that market. We we're like, crap, this is crazy. And then I was like, wait, I have an idea. Let's squat up with another sub two student. So Mashika Johnson actually lived 15 minutes from the property. And she's, as you know, is in the daily dial. Yeah. And so she, she was like, oh, I'll go take photos. So she went, to, took photos and she was like, send us the photos. And it was awesome. And she's like, what are you guys going to do with this? And she's like, well, we'll find buyers. And so we, we put it on Zillow. We actually made it a Zillow listing. And like, all we got was like agents calling us. And I was the FISBO owner that gets mad when somebody calls. I was getting my phone. Like, yeah. I was like, are you a realtor? And they're like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And one, one lady called me out. She was like, Hey, like what's with your attitude? And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so freaking sorry. Cause I cold call people all the time and I put my number out there and I apologize to her and she didn't get the listing, but I was like, I'm so sorry. I was short with you. And then now when I cold call people and they're short with me, I, I'm like, I know what it's like. Like you label them. So that's what the lady did with you. She labeled you. You were kind of being short and a jerk and she identified it. And what did you do? Did you match her tone? Yeah. Oh yeah. I like, I was like, I'm so sorry. I like totally checked myself and I like apologize profusely. I'm like, you know what? This, it's not your fault that I'm getting my phone blown up. That's not you. That's and, a, I like that. I just, I want to cut in because that's a great little nugget we talk about all the time on the role plays that we do. Like so many people are like, what do you do when you have a grumpy seller or somebody who just doesn't want to, they don't seem like talking, label them, say that. Yeah. 
hey, Munif, you're the one with the advertisement. I mean, I'm calling you because you have this listing. Do you not want to sell? Whoa, I'm so sorry. That's, that's yep. a really good like lesson learned like immediately. Okay, well, yep. tell me more. So no, no, you're good. You're good. It was just, I like how you connected the dots because I wouldn't have even thought about that. So um, so long story short, Mashika's like, how's that going? And she followed up with us. So that's another thing, follow up. And we are like, we don't have any buyers. And she was like, I have a buyers list. And I was like, hey, can, you want a JV with us? Let's split it three ways. Let's do it. And she found us a buyer in like two weeks. Right. And she found it and he put the earnest and she did the transaction coordination. She was awesome. And it's funny because each of us made four grand. And I remember like I'll never forget the day that four grand hit my my paycheck, right? Or hit my bank account. Cause we had like set up a corporate account. And for two years I had that account and it never made money. <laughs> <laughs> fees on it every year you're like i was paying the fees and like and then that four grand comes in and i i celebrate i have a business partner he's actually in the mentorship too but he works full time so he's never there he only goes to the wednesday night accountability meetings he's my best friend since high school we, we joined the mentorship together his name is eric so me and eric went and we had some um we had like brunch or something at this like rooftop bar and it was really nice. We had like crab dip. It was delicious. And I celebrated that. I'll never forget that day. And it was $4,000. And that's when I was like, this is possible. We're going to do it. And we, I jumped the gun. Actually, I went and um, onboarded three virtual assistants from start via. That's not what you do when you only make four grand. So I have been like playing catch up because I scale too fast. And um, it, it's been going. Yeah. I did the same thing. I was actually, uh, I am one of those avid procrastinators. The tax deadline for the extension is at the end of the week. Yeah. I got all my taxes in today, but I was going back through and I was just like, wow, I spent a lot of money on courses last year and did not, you know, like, wow, I really should, um, watch my numbers more um, when what I'm doing. And that's just like so many people, I immediately got a few deals and made like $15,000. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get into radio ads. So I had like paid for like a radio wholesaling course and I signed up for the sub two mentorship and a few other ones. I'm like, well, that's where all my money went last year. You know, I wasn't wasting it. I was learning, but uh, I definitely could have put it back into the business to get more leads or to squat up with people. I mean, that's as you can see, and we've seen since we've been, you know, inside of that, the sub two mentorship really is squatting up with people is the best way to get things done. So, so shout out to Pace Morby, dude. He's amazing. I love, oh I loved our little Zoom last night and uh, what a great guy. He's really an opportunity maker, which is so cool. But let's get into this. So um, actually, let me rewind. First and foremost, I should have let you present yourself first instead of me. Because I like you gave a great detailed story about your your life before all of this. And I, I feel like it, I didn't. No, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> well, no, it's I mean, the only other difference is, guys, like I have been one of those people that's tried everything. So the only other thing is I, I uh, got a degree in communication. I joined the army for a little bit. I worked in a pizza hut franchise. I had an electric bike shop. I mean, I've done a little bit of everything. And the biggest thing that I would say is um, I did things for other people. So like I went into the pizza hut thing because it was a family thing and the bike thing was a family thing. And I've worked with my family through things. And this last year, really since the beginning of the pandemic, this is how, how long I've been getting started into real estate is I finally just kind of focus on like, what do I enjoy? And you know, talking about purpose, I like helping people. I like uh, seeing people get to their goals, achieve their goals. And it just makes me feel good. So I really want to help a lot of people as well, which leads us into what we are really covering today in this podcast. So what are we going to talk about today, Munif? Today, we're going to talk about how to get your 
first deal. So yeah, we are doing a challenge, which is called the hashtag 50 first deals challenge. And we are uh, collaborating with Zero to Hero. And so that means Pace Morby, Matt Beard, and all those guys from Zero to Hero are going to be helping us help everybody in the sub two community, in the Astro Flipping community, in the Max Maxwell community, just everywhere. Doesn't matter. You don't have to be affiliated with anybody to work with us to get your first deal. And it's going to be a giant exercise in squatting up. The idea is we'll show you how to go generate leads. And then now you have leads, you can go find somebody who's seasoned and bring those leads to them and they can convert those leads into money. And you guys can split that and get your first real estate deal. So that's the idea. I love that. I love, I seriously, I love it so much because we've been taught since the beginning, like squad up, work with people. And one of the greatest things that I'd ever heard, because I've done a few other mentorships and there's just one of my favorite, I feel like we're going to just talk about pacing here for a moment, but the community is my favorite thing. Like our community that we have is so surreal. It's, I've never experienced anything in my life where people have been like, Hey, Munif, let me help you out here. Let's squat up together. You call this and let's split this 50, 50. And like, then you get another person like, that's crazy. I came from a different mentorship where the mentor was great, but everybody else in the mentorship kind of had that scarcity mindset of, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to share buyers lists. I'm not going to, you know, no, 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 no. You give it to me and I will, I'll send it out to my buyers. I'm not going to tell you anything. And one great thing that I heard, I actually, I think it was when I was in YouTube university and listening to Max Maxwell was squat up with people. Um, do you want a piece of the grape or would you like a piece of the watermelon? And that is stuck in my head so many times. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I work with Munif, who has all of these buyers in South Carolina, Georgia, wherever it may be, he has boots on the ground and he's been networking out there and I'm just doing it virtually. So squatting up is so huge. And it really excites me, especially after our, our discussion last night, how many people were really going to be able to help. I mean, there are so many people that we know looking for their first deal that are right on the cusp of it. So this is going to be a lot of fun. So when you, when you're looking, I know we're going to get into a little bit more, but when you're looking for your first deal, like let's kind of talk about who you should even talk to, to get a deal from. So what kind of sellers, where do you find deals? I guess is what I'm saying. What kind of sellers should we be talking to? Like what is the difference to a lead and a prospect or a suspect? Like so many people say. This is, this has been like the biggest challenge for me. And I still, even today, like today, people in the mentorship, people who are being trained, they still send me suspects, right? And they say, Hey, it's a lead. It's a lead or Hey, I got a deal. And it's not a deal. It's not a lead. So I get called, like I stream my calls on Twitch. So people uh, love sending me leads and I, I love calling leads for people. But what I don't love is I don't love selling somebody on something they don't need. I just don't like that. And I've gotten better at saying no. And I'll mm-hmm. say no to sellers. Like I literally said no to this old lady like 20 minutes ago. And I was like, she's like, well, my son's selling a property. And I was like, I don't want to sell him something he doesn't need. I sell creative finance. I sell cash offers. I don't sell things like that to people that don't need them. And then she, you know, she was like, oh, thank you so much. But I think he wants to do something creative. So that's, that's another story. Um, how do we tell? And the way we tell is we disqualify. We need to disqualify people. We need to, I train my people in my team to ask, hey, what's stopping you from listing this property? What's stopping you? And if they have a really good reason, 
then, hey, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's something we can help them with. For example, this realtor, she she was on my on my desk earlier today. And I was like, you're a realtor? She was like, yeah. And I go, that's a red flag for me because why are you talking to me when you could just be listing your property yourself? And now she's qualifying herself. She's like, no, I actually, because I have another business and I want to take money from this house, move it to the business and there's taxes and then I have to evict the person. There's all this stuff, right? And I'm like, aha, okay, cool. If she was like, no, I'm going to do that easy. I just want to see what you got. I go, no, do that. Don't worry about what I got. Do that. But she didn't. I disqualified her and I couldn't. And then I go, hey, well, why don't we refi you out? You fund your business tax-free and I take over the note and we have your CPA make my payments as a write-off. And she lo- she freaking loved it, right? I love having those calls. So long story short, disqualify unmotivated sellers. Motivation means they have they have a reason to be on the phone with you and they're not just wasting your time. I love that. And I want to dig into this a little bit more. So, all right. I, what about if I go on to Zillow and I look up for sale by owner and I mean, they're motivated. They want to sell their house, right? Are those motivated? sellers? is that a lead? How do I know? I just got into this with another sub two student. He gave me a, a for sale by owner lead. I was like, why, um, you know, why would he want to talk to me? Why doesn't he just get a realtor? Like what's going on? And he didn't have any answers. And I was like, this is why I don't like, I don't like FSBO. And the analogy I use is like squeezing juice from a rock, right? You can squeeze juice from a rock all day long. And actually there are some rocks with some juice in it. Let's say it was wet and water. You could probably get a drop. So there are deals on FSBO. There, there are, they exist. They exist in my estimations. It's like, one out of a thousand. I really think that for somebody to go, oh, I'm just going to go list the property myself. I'm not going to even pay a realtor 3%. Somebody who's qualified, somebody who's professional, somebody who can stage the property and give me good advice. I'm not even going to pay them 3% because I want all this money. And hey, if it doesn't sell, I'm good. I'm not in a rush. That's not motivation. That's somebody who just wants somebody to come in and overpay for something. That's not motivation to me. So let's talk about it. Cause I mean, this is the first thing that I learned when I got into YouTube university and I was getting into um, real estate is what the four pillars are. Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of how we like qualify leads. So you've already said one of them is motivation. The way that I like to go is motivation first, timeline second, I do condition third and price last. Now I think price and condition can vary. I just like to do motivation first because if you're not a motivated seller, I'm going to get off the phone with you and actually talk to somebody who is motivated because I don't want to waste my time or yours. And you touched on something that was so important. And I think this should be reiterated because I know I have a thick skull and it takes seven times for me to hear things, but really you, we are not in the business to convince somebody to sell their house. Yes. So it, you, to be a salesperson, quote unquote, if you can you know, imagine me saying that or putting my air quotes up, you're selling to somebody, like if you're selling, you know, a good, you're selling to somebody who's already in the neighborhood for goods. Yes. You're, you're buying a house from a seller that is motivated to sell their house. And when you're an investor and you're going to fix and flip it like we do, or you can wholesale it or turn it into an Airbnb, mainly what we're doing for fix and flip and wholesaling is you're buying it at a discount because you're making money off of this. This is your business. You have to keep your lights on. You got to pay, pay your 
assistance and your partners and that bank account that's been empty for a few years because you're waiting for your first deal and there's fees that add up. So I think that's really great to bring up, but yeah, knowing what a a quality, a quality lead is compared to a suspect or a prospect. So just making sure that they actually hit your four pillars. And the, the second one, that timeline that I talked about, a timeline of six months is different from a timeline of 30 to like 60 days. Yes. Different, different, different motivation. So make sure that you're actually talking to somebody that has a problem because the way that I like to talk to people is I have my vision board and on my vision board is generally in front of my monitor. I'm at my sister's house and there's a window in front of me, but it says problem solver. I have problem solver, solver and bold circled because I want to go on the phone and look for problems. And I know listening to you and all of your calls and seeing your stuff on Twitch, you look for the problem. Yes. I look for the problem. And so this is, it's, this is my biggest pet peeve and frustration. And I, I like, I don't let myself take it too seriously, but I get a lot of people who are new to real estate. They haven't done their first deal with me. And I'm, when I tell them, Hey, like this isn't motivated. Like this person is wasting your time. They get frustrated with me and they're like, no, what do you mean? They're not motivated. They're talking to me. No one talks to me. They're talking to me. They're motivated. They're interested. What are you doing? Monique? Why are you saying, no, this is not worth anybody's time. They get frustrated with me. I'm here going, look, I've, I've done like a, like 10, 12 deals. Like I know what I'm looking for. How come you don't get this? So this is something I face. This is a challenge I have, which is empathy. Because oh. the thing is, you need a ton of empathy to people who are new. Because when you're new and you're putting all this effort in, Pace uses the, the lawn um, mower analogy. Real estate is like you're mowing your lawn, but you don't see the streaks of your grass being cut till nine months. grass is tall, but you're actually not seeing it get any shorter. It's going to get shorter like in three months, right? (laughs) So you're doing all this work and you're like, how come my lawn, the grass isn't getting cut? And it's like, it is, but you'll see it in three months. So I just have to have, it's something I'm working through is like having the empathy and patience to tell people like, hey, I know you've been cold calling. You've, You've talked to a thousand people and like five people maybe were like, oh yeah, like I'm friendly. I'll talk to you just because they're friendly, just because they want to talk to you doesn't mean they're motivated and should be talking to you. And it's, I'll go back to the analogy of squeezing juice from a rock. It's almost like someone painted a bunch of rocks yellow and then threw a bunch of lemons in there. And, you know, so, and you're, you're, you're just trying to get some juice and maybe you you might be able to squeeze something out of some rocks. Right. But screw that. Go find some lemons. Go, go. Oh, oh yeah. This is a lemon. I got it. Let's make something happen with these lemons. Don't go for the rocks. Avoid the the moment it's hard and it's stiff and you're like, oh, this is a rock. Throw it. Don't waste your time squeezing juice out of it. Oh, there's nothing better than getting your first actual motivated seller that with a problem that you can solve. You're just like, yes. oh, this is what I've been working for for three months. I've been doing this and I've been calling people and I've been getting cursed out and I've been wasting my time and I've learned about Munif's 30 cats named Foo Foo Fluffy and you know, whatever it may be. Cause oh my gosh, when I first got started in real estate, I'd be on the phone with sellers and I thought I was building rapport and I was just wasting time. Mm-hmm. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. Actually knowing what a motivated lead is compared to a prospect, I think is so huge. And the other thing that, that hurts a little bit when you're getting started is being told, like the only thing that separates you from everybody else is being consistent, mm-hmm. consistent, 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 like consistent, 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 consistent. I want to say it a few more times. So it gets through your head. That is so big. 
And what I struggled with when I was new was being consistent and being my own boss and making sure that I was being efficient with my time. Was I doing money-making activities during money-making hours or was I scrolling on whatever social media is cool at the moment and wasting my time or studying during the day when I should be talking and getting out in front of motivated sellers and finding another deal? Because without leads, you don't have a what, Munif? Without leads, you don't have a business. You don't have a business and you got to talk to people. And it's really a numbers game. You weren't on today, but Ty, Ty, uh, Leah, Ty LG. LG, that's what I was calling uh, amazing guy. But we were talking about this contacts equals contracts. However many contacts you're having a day is how many contracts you're generally going to get in a year. That's what he likes to likes to say. And I mean, you need to be talking to people, Brent Daniels, TTP, baby. Like that is the best way to get to know somebody and just tell everybody what you're about. But yeah, 100% making sure that you're actually talking to motivated sellers that are a real lead um, and not a prospect or a suspect, whatever you may say. Okay. So First thing you need to do is get a lead. What's the next step after, you know, you're on the hunt for your first deal? We kind of touched the base a little bit on consistency. Why don't we, I mean, maybe dig into that some more. What would you say be the next step on your first deal? So you get a lead, right? Well, the next step is actually filling your pipeline. So I like to think of, I like to think of sales as like a funnel. And so imagine that this is the mouth of your funnel and leads go in here, right? Okay. And you, you want to shove as many leads as in here as possible because you actually have no idea what your numbers are. You have no idea what your metrics are. You have no idea how many leads your business needs in this funnel before it poops out money. You have no idea. For somebody like Pace Morby, he might only need 10. He might need 10 in here and he'll go, yeah, one, he'll, he'll get one guy and he'll get a contract and he'll sell it easy. Right. But -hmm. for somebody like me, I might need a thousand in here before I get one. We don't know. Why would, so what's the difference between you and Pace Morby? What do you mean? Why would you need a thousand when he would only need 10? It's skill. It's skill. I don't have the confidence. I don't have the resources. I don't have the network. I mean, there's a reason people line up to have Pace call their sellers, Pace can go, oh, I've got five CPAs you can talk to. Here's one. I've done three. Oh, you want to talk to my attorney? Here's my attorney. He's got confidence. He can he can invite a seller to his house. There's things he can do. And I'm not saying you need to be Pace to close deals. Anyone can do this business. It's just that there's a difference between somebody who has a higher conversion rate and somebody who doesn't. My, my numbers, I've been tracking my numbers. I wish I could share a screen. I'll show you. Actually, can I share a screen? You sure can. Oh, and you're going to love this, Caroline, because I actually added something in my, um, so this is my, this is how I track my KPIs. I've been doing it since August. Okay. And if you can see, I have date, dials, conversations, appointments, contracts closed, and mistakes. I love that. That was from you. On the 10th, you said we should be tracking mistakes made. So I started tracking mistakes made. I love that. that. So you know what I even like, tell you to do even further is write down what those mistakes are. Oh, they're right here. Oh my gosh. You've already done it. So well, okay, oh, yeah. let's hear it. Let's see what's, what was one of your mistakes. One of my because, mistakes. Let's was... touch on this for a moment, guys. The biggest thing, like, I think the biggest thing that held me back and it might've held you back as well, Munith, is when I got started and into real estate or something new, because I've just been, I've been able to pick up things. I've been naturally athletic, you know, growing up. I didn't really have to study through school. 
college was a different story, but I was just like, I pick things up immediately. I'm a, pre- I'm a people person. Um, I haven't really ever had to try. I was that annoying person. I'd come out and pick up a basketball and be good at basketball. If I spent mm-hmm. an hour just playing. Um, but when I got into real estate or things I didn't understand, oh my gosh, analysis paralysis. I would just, that's why I would not be terrible with my time. I'd be, I'd get anxious the way that I deal with stress as I avoid things. I'm like, all right, well, I don't really understand this. So I'm just going to go scroll on social media right now and see what's happening. But when you go forward and you make a mistake on something, oh my gosh, it sticks out in your head and you will never let it happen again. So anybody listening to this, track your mistakes. If you have kids, give them praise. Hey, what did you mess up on today? Oh my gosh, I can't wait for you to try it again tomorrow. Let me know how much better you get. Every mistake you make, the closer you are to getting better. So don't go for perfection, go for progress. That is so huge. But tell us about your mistake you made. I want to hear this. Oh, this was, this is a simple one. I mean, I gave my price first when I didn't need to, he wasn't hammering me for it. And I just gave him a number. Yeah. There's a time and place when you throw out a number, but this wasn't the time there was uh, let's see, there was like this one, this guy went on a soapbox and how he doesn't get excited about things anymore. He's a slow, rational thinker. And I wasn't actively listening. So I brought up that word excitement a second time. Right. And then he was like, dude, I told, I don't get excited. I'm a rational guy. Right. So I make these, I track these mistakes. There was a really, um, there was a really, oh my, was it this one? Oh yeah. This is a really bad one. I'm never making this one again. And it was, a, it was a call. I was scorching the earth and I followed up with it. And she actually signed with the other wholesaler. And what I did was what I should have done was go, Oh, that's amazing. Your one's closing day. Let me follow up with you to make sure you're taken care of. No, no, no. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. She already signed. There's nothing I can do here. I don't want it. Right. But what I did was I was like, Oh, well, did you listen to what I told you about? Did you do the $10,000 earnest? She didn't listen to me. She didn't do $10,000 earnest. So she felt bad. And I, I invalidated her. I invalidated. And now I'm like, oh my, and she was like really upset. I was like, oh my, I'm so sorry. I upset you, but I wrote that down. I'm never forgetting this mistake. I'm never invalidating somebody unless I'm very specifically trying to uh, steer them from making a huge mistake, but something they've already decided on that's, there's no point to invalidate a seller. You're just making them feel bad. And they teach us this in the um, Sandler sales book, but Mm -hmm. um that's amazing. I mean, that's, that's so, I'm glad that you track that. So you've even, you got everything dials, conversations, um, leads that that's great. But seriously, guys track your mistakes, because if you track those, those mistakes, you're going to feel better about things getting better every day. Like that was another thing that helped me because I'd get stuck in that analysis paralysis stage. If I need to understand everything before I can take action, because what if a seller says this, or what if this happens, or yeah. uh, what if they ask me for $10,000 EMD and whatever it could be. And then if I just, I was overcomplicating things, go for it and be confident and you can be wrong. you know what, Munif, I actually don't know the answer to that, but let me talk to my partner. Can I call you back in about 15 to 20 minutes? And I'll get you the answer to that is so much better than being all kind of scared off Mr. Seller. I don't know. <laughs> so yes, make mistakes. Be confident about it um, when you're talking to sellers and that will help you a lot. Okay. So uh, we've talked about tracking that. What's the next step in getting your first deal? What would you say? Filling up your funnel. funnel, Yeah. You fill it up. And if you're not working with somebody else, then you just want to have these conversations. And if you have enough in here, you're going to get something out. It's mathematically impossible for you not 
to get a deal. If you're constantly filling this up, the, the laws of statistics are in your favor. Your numbers might be one in 10,000. That just means you need 10. We just don't know until it happens. But every no is closer to a yes. Every single no is closer to a yes. yes. Now, the, the let's use, let's, I love it. I love this analogy. So let's use this. So for, for you to pour leads in here and for money to come out, you actually have to make a hole. Mm-hmm. Right. So until you make that first hole and get your first deal, your no money is going to come out. Does that make sense? When you get yes. your first deal, you know you can do it and you're going to repeat it. You know you can repeat it. Now you can squat up and you can take these funnels and you can put it into somebody else's cup, somebody who's done it before. And they've got a they've got a hole and they can convert and they will split some of it with you. Actually, I have about seven, 17 people who I'm working with who haven't either have done a deal or never done a deal or they're, they have a W-2 and they're just so freaking busy, they just don't have time to do follow-ups. So they just have their VA send me leads and it fills both of our cups. And now we've got this, this machine coming here where we got leads coming in, I'm calling, my acquisition managers are calling, we're all calling. And now we're getting more confidence because even if one seller says no or one guy's a tire kicker, I'm like, hey, I don't have time to waste time here. I gotta, I gotta make my next call. And we're getting mm-hmm. deals left and right. We're getting like one or two every single month. We're going to move that to one or two every single week. I love that. Guys, and the other thing I wanted to chime in there is you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. If you do have a motivated seller, you're going to, they are going to be ready. They've been waiting for you to come and solve their problem because they're in a tough situation. Maybe it's they inherited a house from their parents that are hoarders and they live cross country. They don't want to spend the time to travel, have to clean out the house. Oh, you know what? Before I can list on the market, I have to go fix it up. They're looking for somebody to help them. So keep going out there and getting numbers. So, okay. Um, first find motivated sellers and we'll get into a little bit more from the zero to hero challenge. You, mm-hmm. you know, have somebody have a list like you did with Brandon and just help me talk to all these leads, making sure you're filling up your funnel. What's the next step? Well, if your funnel is being filled up and you're having conversations every single day, you're talking to 20, 25 people a day, you wait until you get a contract. It's literally that simple. You keep doing it every single day until you get a contract. I love it. It will happen. So let's talk about this. You are now on the acquisition side. So if somebody needed help locking up a contract, how could they get a hold of you? If you, I mean, Working with you, they can get a, a fair share of, you know, maybe split it into half of it like you did with Brandon or thirds if you bring another person in. How's the best? I'm new. I don't know what I'm doing, Monif. Should I come and watch you on your Twitch stream? Like, what is the best way for me to get out of this analysis paralysis stage? What would you tell me to do? New person, my name's Caroline. I would, this is what I would tell you. So what I would be like, you've never done a deal before, right? Let's pretend you haven't done a deal before, Caroline. Yeah. And so I'd be like, Caroline, you've never done a deal before. Okay, so go pull a list or go find a free list that somebody else has pulled. Okay. And then go watch my SMS video where I show you, I bring on another sub two student named Sam Singh. He's a freaking genius. Go watch that video. He'll show you exactly what you need to get started on sending text messages. Because guess what? If you've never done a deal before, Caroline, you're probably not the best cold caller or you're probably afraid of Mm -hmm. cold calling. And it's like, that actually doesn't have to be a problem. Like you can actually make money in this business, never talking to a seller. Uh, You can actually- 
yeah, on the phone. You can text them and that's a lot easier, right? I mean, that's why people do Tinder and Bumble. (laughs) (laughs) Also, that's a great concept because think about this, Manif. For me, if somebody calls me from a phone number I don't know, guess what's going to happen? You're going to voicemail. Mm -hmm. Unless I know I'm supposed to be expecting a call from like uh, 480 or whatever the zip code may be number. Now, I, and if I, the nice thing about iPhones, you can click on it and it gives you the transcription of the voicemail. Like, oh, great. My car's extended warranty. I don't care. But you have like a 90% open rate if you text people. Like if you text me, uh, nothing's going to hurt me if I open up and read it. So guys, get out and texting. It's so cheap. It's a great way to get in front of people. And actually I'm doing a deal with Pace because of that. So when I got into the mentorship, I got a free list from somebody else for being active. Um, My records were not great from the skip tracing, but that was okay. I had uh, texted. So I was texting people. And I just, you know, my generic, hey, would you consider selling your house on 123 Main Street? And the seller said, I don't own a house on 123 Main Street. And I was like, okay, great. Well, I tried at least. And you know what I did? I was like, wait a second. Followed up with what I've learned. Do you have any other properties you'd consider selling? I said, oh yeah, I have 21 acres of land with my cousin over here by this really nice lake in this really nice area. I said, oh, okay. And that was when uh, Pace actually was calling sellers for us. And I, I actually hopped into that Zoom. I got the second slot. And now it's being turned into an RV park. And I'm being a partner on it with Pace. So That's guys, so cool. you can, isn't it cool? You can get opportunities from the wrong number. Just follow up with that. Hey, do you have any other properties you'd be considering to sell? And you know what I did? I squatted up with Pace freaking Morby. And now I'm going to be a partner on an RV park. All that I is awesome. There is so much opportunity out there. Well, sorry, what were you going to say? No, no, no. I love that. I actually think I, I saw that seller call in the yeah. vault. I think I saw that now that it's you mentioned it. From September 3rd, first, September 3rd, 2020. So that was the beginning. Uh, I was actually looking at wholesaling it because I had mm-hmm. some family in the area and I was going to make a ridiculous amount of money off of wholesaling. But, you know, the one thing that I've learned from from Pace again, you know, I feel like we're going to just, this is a thank you, Pace. This is a Pace podcast, <laughs> you know. Cash comes, cash goes, or what is, what is the saying? Equity comes, equity, equity goes, goes, but cash always flows. There you go. So see, I don't say it enough, but, and I was like, wow, you know, owning things, that's the real, that's the real move. Cause he's talked about all these wholesalers that are making millions of dollars a year. And he's like, well, how do you avoid, you know, what are you doing with tax time? Well, I just pay my taxes and you're paying a chunk of tax. But if you own something, you're making money while you sleep. Whereas when you're wholesaling, you've got to be money-making hours. I got to be on the phones. I got to continue to do this. But if you have rentals that are paying you, it's just amazing. So I'm excited for that to all come to fruition. That should be, uh, that's like a year or two in the making, but that's super, super That's going to be so so freaking cool. I'm excited. So uh, this is our first first episode. Um, We've covered quite a bit in here, a little bit about who we are and really talking about like what leads are. So my problem for this podcast or for this episode is I'm looking for my first deal. So the best advice you would recommend is to squat up and be consistent. Anything else that we should really try and focus on trying on the hunt for our first deal, Monique, what would you recommend as a new person? It's so funny because I, I actually talking about this, I actually have a case study of somebody who did exactly that. So my, one of my best friends, Matt Reichard, I'm the groomsman in his wedding and I'm actually flying out next week to go to his bachelor party. Uh, we're going to watch the Formula One race. Oh, cool. And so super cool. Yeah. I don't even know anything about cars, but I'm, I'm excited. Oh, you got to watch the Netflix series. It's amazing. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I kind of like Formula One now. It's pretty neat. 
Okay, I'm going to check it out before I go yeah. for sure. But Matt, he saw my stream and he was like, how can I help you? I know nothing about real estate. And I was like, no, let me help you get your first deal. And he's like, all right, bet. So he watched the SMS video and he goes, okay, got it. I set, it, it took him like 20 hours. He's like spent 20 hours like setting up his batch leads. Like it, it happened really fast. So um, what is batch leads for everybody? That does, just so we're all on the same page. Batch, batch leads, leads is a software that can do text messaging. Just, Got it. Okay, just cool. in this context, it's the software that can do text messaging. It didn't take him 20 hours straight. It was just in a 20 hour time. I mean, he has a job, he has a wife, he has a dog. And in tw 20 hours later, I got a text. He's like, I'm good to go. What do I, what do I do next? And I'm like, okay, Matt, well, you need a list. You have to upload a list and start texting to it. And he was like, well, I, I don't, I don't have a list. Do you have a list I can use? Where do we get lists from? <laughs> help yeah, me exactly. From you. He's like, help yeah. me. I'm like, I have an old list. You can, I'm not using it. Like I'm not calling, just take this list. Or I'm like, here, and anything you get out of this, we'll squat up. We'll do 50, 50. And he was like, cool. So he get this old list that I don't have my VAs call anymore. He starts sending me leads. I have a web form and anytime like that he wants my team to talk to somebody, he fills out the web form and I get an email every time um, it's, it's submitted and I'm just getting one from Matt, from Matt, from, I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I'm like, man, these leads must suck. These leads must suck. I call them. Oh my gosh. They're amazing leads. Like I, I like one of the ones I streamed was it's, it's in Atlanta, Georgia and Atlanta is a really hot market. And mm -hmm. like Pace himself is going to buy any freaking creative deal in Atlanta. He doesn't care. He's like, if it's creative, I'm buying it. I want it. Mm -hmm. This lady lives in Mexico and she wants to cash out refi and then have me uh, take over her note. Zero wow. dollars down. Zero now, freaking dollars down. Now, I know what this is now because I've been in creative financing. But if I'm mm -hmm. a new person listening in, what the heck is a cash out refi? What is taking over a note? Kind of give... Give some extra, like. I'm so sorry. Simple. I, <laughs> uh, I know I, I, when I first got started and I hear all these terms, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Creative finance, creative finance, creative finance. So sure. what is cash out refi? What does that mean? So let, it, well, to talk about it, we got to talk about her problem. Okay. So let's talk about her problem because I like to make it about them and I don't like to sell people things they don't need. Mm -hmm. So her problem is she lives in Mexico. Her kids are in college paying rent in this house in Atlanta. And she's mm -hmm. like, when they're out, I'm going to, I want to invest. I want to invest in Mexico. I want to buy property in Mexico. Okay. And I'm going to list it. And I'm like, hey, are you going to list it from Mexico? That's crazy. That's like a lot. Right. And she's like, mm -hmm. yeah, it is. I don't know. And I'm like, well, like, I don't want to do cash, like cash. You're going to get a lot less. And I don't think you want that. Like how much do you owe? And she owes a certain amount of money. I'm like, yeah, you wouldn't be getting much money to invest. So cash doesn't work. She's like, yeah, it doesn't work. And I'm like, how much do you want out of this? And she gave me a number. I was like, oh my God, your number is so crazy high. Oh my God. And she's like, I know, I know, I know it's crazy. I'm like, if the market's going to crash by this time next year, you're not going to get that. She's like, I know I'm so scared. I'm like, what if I could get you your number? She's like, how? And I was like, ding, well, ding, ding, ding. yeah, yeah, the lights go on. She's like, well, how, how would you do that? I was like, well, we have to get really creative here. And um, she's like, yeah, what? I'm open. I'm like, well, do you need the money at once? She's like, no, not at all. And I'm like, let me make payments to you. Let me, let me, let me make payments to you until you get your number. And she liked the idea. And then we had a follow-up and I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't work because you want to get all your money at once and then go invest that 
in Mexico. If I make payments to you over 30 years, that's never going to work for you. And she's like, oh my gosh, you're right. Oh my gosh, you're so right. You're so Another right. Another problem. Do do? I should probably just list it with a realtor. Thanks, Munif. Yeah, well, she's like, I, I, I would, but I'm in Mexico and it's a problem, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, why don't you? I was like, why don't you pull your equity out of this? And she's like, yeah. And what that means is you go oh, get yeah. a loan. Yeah, you go get a loan and you go, so, so say she owes $200,000 and she, the house is worth three hundred fifty. dollars she can go and get a new loan of $320,000 to pay off the old loan and anything else that's left over, she actually gets to keep that and put it in her pocket and go do things with it. And that's not a taxable event. So all that money, she gets to go spend it. And, and then she was, you were doing what now that she's able to do that cash out refi and get her. I, I then take that, those payments over. I go, Hey, Amazing. sell it to so me. Now, yep. I mean, so what is most, I, and we're going to get kind of in the weeds here, but what is most important about, you know, when you're taking over somebody else's payment? The most like, important thing to look at, on as long as you can rent it out and make more money than the amount you're paying, you're winning. Now, it, there needs to be a spread. You have to have a margin, mm-hmm. right? You can't make this much. You got to make a certain amount. Yeah. You keep doing that. And you make a ton of money. Now, since hers is $0 down, I actually won't keep this. I'm going to find a Pace Morby and go, hey, do you like this structure? You like the structure? Cool. Give me 15 grand for it. And all that money goes to me. None goes needs to go to her. I get paid out so I can keep churning the wheel. He gets a, he gets a house, a $350,000 house for $15,000 that's making him money every month. Everybody wins. She gets to stay in Mexico and do great things. Isn't that so cool how you can be able to solve things now that you know a little bit, a little more about how to solve problems and creative financing? Just a little bit. That's so freaking cool. We don't have to go any further into that. I I don't want to make anybody's minds melt, but I just like, immediately as a new person, I'd be like, what the heck are they even talking about? So that was a very good explanation. Well, Munif, I I think we should bring this episode to an end here soon. Yeah. Um, So the goal is to help. We're just, are we just shooting for the first deals for 50 people? Are we just looking for 50 deals? What do you think? We're going we for? are, we want to have 50 different people get their first deal I love it. and we're not stopping at 50. If we could go past 50, if we go past 50, we hit 200, 300, 500, we're going to shoot for the moon. But the challenge is 50 people will get their first deal by that. I love it. So uh, by the time this episode gets out, I think we should be able to have this out before zero to hero starts. But if you guys are looking on how can I get started? Zero to Hero. Just I think that's the website as well. Look up Zero to Hero. They're going to teach you how to door knock. We'll probably talk some more about that. But for today's episode, this was, what's my problem? I'm looking for my first deal. So Munif, thank you for coming on here. Is there anything you'd like to touch base before we wrap this up? No, not at all. Uh, so if you guys are, just real quick, if you guys are looking for your first deal, if you guys want to be part of the 51st Deals Challenge, go find me on Instagram. It's at Munif Saza, M-U-N-I-F-S-A-Z-A. Really easy. It's me. Um, and then in my bio, there's a link. Click that link. It'll take you to the registration page. We're not charging any money. No one's. There's no money. It's completely free. We want to be able to give back and help people get into real estate and get their first deal. I love that. Yeah. Same thing here. If you guys ever need anything, message Munif on there. The same for me. And my Instagram is the T H E Caroline Kane, C A R O L I N E. And then Kane is 
C-A-I-N. Really active on there. Uh, Munif, dude, you're the best. I am so happy to see how much you've grown. And one thing that I can, before we wrap this all up, one thing I really want to say is Munif took imperfect action. Like I have seen you develop so fast from coming into our role play Zooms and talking to sellers. And you were flying the wall at first for about, what'd you say, about a month? You were flying the wall. So if anybody is kind of like, oh, I'm still nervous. I listened to this. I really don't understand everything. Guys, go make mistakes. Keep track of your mistakes. No, Rome wasn't built in a day. Okay. You're going to learn from those mistakes so much more than if everything is so easy. Because when everything's easy, you get an ego and you've got to always remember your ego is not your amigo. So with that, Munif, thank you for coming on here. Um, I'm so excited for our next podcast that we'll record next week. So can't wait to talk about our topic. I am super excited. Thank you so much, Caroline, for having me. Thanks, Munif. Bye.